First Timothy chapter 4, verse 12, the Word of God says, Let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example of the believers in word, in conversation, in charity, in spirit, in faith, in purity. And let's pray. Lord, we need you tonight. Help us to look at this verse with new eyes, new wisdom, new understanding. And Lord, young and old, I just pray that we would all learn to be good stewards of our name, of our testimony, and to behave in such a way that earns respect and gives you glory so that we can be good representatives of you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. We're going to end our stewardship month with a thought that is not new. I'll be a reminder for some. It will be new for others and a new perspective as we look at the scriptures. Everyone wants to be respected. Would you agree with that? Everyone wants to be respected. Particularly men have a great need to be respected. The Bible teaches the two great needs of marriage are reverence, the wife reverence her husband. The word reverence is a, a word for deep respect. And that the husband love his wife. And I often teach women this. A man cannot feel loved until he's respected. If you tell him you love him, but sometimes a woman will say this, I love you, I just don't respect you. And he doesn't feel loved at all. Right? He, he feels love through the lens of respect. And conversely, a lady typically feels respected as a result of love. Isn't it beautiful how God made men and women different and they complete one another when marriage works properly? So everybody, every human has this need to be respected, but few people know how to achieve it. If I told you, give me five ways that you can earn respect, it might be like, well, uh, uh. now we all want respect. So it might be a good idea to know how to get it. When I was growing up, I did not grow up in a Christian home. My parents did the best they could with what knowledge they had and uh, the choices that they had made previously. I grew up in a, a, a world, an environment, where the strongest guy got respected. You know, you go to school, it's the strong that get respected. It's the ones that can beat another up that gets respected. It's the one that is great at sports that gets respected. They can dribble a basketball or uh, kick a football, run down the track fast. Uh, sometimes it was, in some circles, it was, hey, if you know how to get a lot of women, you've got respect. But all those types of respect are fleeting and really foolish. But what if there was a way where you could 
have the knowledge to where you not only earned the respect of others, but you looked in the mirror and you had respect for that guy or that girl. Not that you're everything that you want to be, but you had respect. What if there was a way where God looked down from heaven and said, I see you, and I respect the choices you're making. And the Bible tells us exactly how to earn respect. And it's none of the ways that the world has to do. Well, that guy's got a lot of money. Boy, I respect him. That guy's got a lot of business. Boy, I respect him. Boy, that girl, she's this. I respect Now, all that you find out is, is very fleeting. And tonight, I want to show you the Bible way to earn respect. And what's really interesting is, as we follow the Bible way to earn respect, we learn to be a good steward of our testimony. Remember the five areas of stewardship. Time, talent, treasure, truth, and testimony. What's testimony? That's, that is your name. Uh, one man said, reputation is what others think you are. Your character is what God knows you are. And character is far more important than reputation. However, the Bible does tell us that we should seek to have a blameless reputation. Right? We should seek to have a good reputation. And a good name is rather to be chosen than great riches. There's a lot of people who defile their name to get riches or fame. And that's never a good trade. Because your name, your respect, your reputation, your character, your integrity, those are words we don't talk about much anymore. It brings peace here with you and God, and it also has a byproduct of bringing respect. This message is for young people who would like to be respected, and it's for people of every age. Sometimes adults have never learned the basic truths of how to be respected. Young people tend to believe that respect and responsibility come with age. But that's not true. Respect and responsibility are earned. Right? You don't get respect just because you turn 18 or 21 or 35 or 50. Respect and responsibility are something that earns. Youth complains, you don't trust me. Wisdom replies, what have you done to earn my trust? Respect is earned. In our passage, Timothy had been called to serve the Lord. This book is a divinely inspired letter from the Apostle Paul to his protege, Timothy, Timothy was a preacher. He was a, a young man of God. He had a lot of responsibility at a young age. The question is, would people follow him in his youth? Would they listen to this young preacher? Would they respect him enough to listen? And through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, Paul taught Timothy how to overcome the liabilities of youth and earn the respect of all those with whom he would come in contact with. A powerful lesson for each one of us. 
This passage was penned for the young man primarily, but its applications apply to each one of us as we seek to steward our relationship or our our, uh, our character, our reputation. Uh, we seek to steward these things so that we can have a good reputation and be able to serve the Lord. The Bible says that all of us are ambassadors, are we not? We're the ambassadors of Christ. Well, it's hard to be an ambassador if you're crooked. It's hard to be an ambassador if you're a thief or a liar or you act immature, you act like a child, you get upset at the drop of a hat, you can't be trusted, you're unstable. We're called to be ambassadors. And as we learn to follow the instructions that Paul gave Timothy, we get a stability and we learn a pattern of behavior that automatically earns the respect of those around us. As I said before, it's a God-given desire for all of us to crave respect. Every man, woman, and child wants to be respected there's not a lot of teaching today on how to get respect. And so there's three basic ways that people try to get respect in a fleshly, foolish manner. The first is domination. They'll just demand it. You will respect me. You will. We'd, we saw this when I worked with uh, people in Chicago. The gangs were a big deal in Chicago. And it was all about respect. They would kill you over respect. They would break the law and do terrible things just so they could earn entrance into this gang and get the respect of their peers. Sometimes adults and even parents have to constantly remind the child of their position while they sometimes act like a child themselves. The brutish husband demands with a harsher raised voice that his wife should listen while he's not fulfilling his own obligations. The violent gangbanger shoves a gun in your face and demands your money, but what he really is looking for is respect. Some try to get respect through domination. Others try to get respect through deception. Rather than becoming a better person, they will simply act like one. They will deceive. Instead of being a true friend, they will play the part to get some temporary respect. These actors manipulate circumstances and people to their own ends rather than do the hard work of just becoming better themselves. Some people try to get respect by domination. Some people try to get respect by deception. Some people try to get respect by denunciation. Rather than dealing with the pain of not getting respect, or investing the work into becoming respectable, they renounce their desire for respect. I don't care what you think. I don't care what anybody thinks. You ever hear that? I don't, I don't care what you think. I don't need your approval. It's my life. They pretend like they don't want respect at all, but that is perhaps the greatest cry for respect. The Bible gives us a formula of how to earn respect in spite of our age. 
And whether you are 17 or 47 or 77, these are good reminders for us all. What I want to do tonight is very simply, I want to show you in the scriptures what the scripture says. And then I want to give you some very plain and easy to follow instructions. If you want to put this into practice, this is what this looks like. Look at the scripture again. 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 12. Let no man despise thy youth. Let no man despise thy youth. The word let means to allow. Well, how do you, how do you not let somebody despise you because of your age? People tend to look down at youth. They tend to, to not respect uh, someone for their age. Think about this this way. The Apostle Paul and God through the Apostle Paul was saying, don't give people a reason to look down on you. Don't give people a reason to look down on you. And it has to do, it begins with age. Let no man despise thee. Let no man despise thy youth. Don't give people a reason to look down on you. Respect comes with time and experience. That's a general rule of thumb, but it's also possible for you to have an inordinate amount of respect for your age. It's possible for people to have more respect for you than your age, your position, or your experience would usually demand, and that's based entirely upon your character and your behavior. We see the example of David. David began his journey to greatness when he was only a teenager. And you don't need to wait until you're a specific age to become a person of character and integrity. I'm talking that the 5- and 6-year-olds, the 9- the and 10-year-olds, the 12- and 13-year-olds, the 14, 15, 16. At, at any age, you can say, I want to be a person of integrity. I want to be a person of character. I want to have some things inside of me that are not natural for someone my age. And immediately what happens is that begins to open doors of opportunity and people respect you and treat you differently because of your behavior. Because of his exploits, David was respected as a young man more than most older men. 1 Samuel 18, 7 says, And the woman answered one another as they played and said, Saul has slain his thousands and David his ten thousands. Verse 30 says, Then the princes of the Philistines went forth, and it came to pass after they went forth that David behaved himself more wisely than all the servants of Saul. What was the result? The Bible verse finishes, So that his name was much set by. David gained a reputation. As a young man, he was more respected than the king because of his behavior. And it wasn't just one large battle with Goliath. That kind of put him in the spotlight. But it was the character that he had learned as a lonely shepherd boy taking care of his father's sheep when no one was looking that forged in him the character that when he was put in the spotlight, the character was already there. The behavior was already there. And he was something that caused people to respect him as he behaved himself more and more wisely. 
I began pastoring this church when I was 27 years old. Now, for some of you young people, that seems like an old man. But for some of you adults, that seems like a baby. I remember when I began pastoring, occasionally an older person in our community, when they found out I was the pastor, they said, are you old enough to be a pastor? And I would reply, I guess so. They're letting me do it. They would kind of chuckle, and I'd lean in and kind of whisper and say, if I'm not, don't tell anybody. And they would kind of laugh. The truth is, some people can pastor when they're 20, and some people shouldn't pastor when they're 50. It's not about an age. It's about a calling of God and a, a set of behavior that God forges in you that allows these things to be possible. My father-in-law, he's in heaven now. He once told me jokingly that people would respect me a lot more as a preacher once I got some gray hair. He said, oh, once you get some gray hair, they'll really start listening to you. And I've got a few now, and I think that might be true. He also said when you get older, you can wear really crazy colored suits. And he always had, he had the bright reds and the orange and the crazy blues. And I used to tease him, Dad, you need to change your batteries in your suit. And he'd say, you can't get away with this at your age. But he said, one of these days, you can just get away with about anything when you're wearing it. And people just assume you're senile. And uh, But earning respect, the stewardship of the testimony. You can act in a way that generates respect regardless of your age or experience. Now, we want respect, and God gives us a blueprint on what to do. Now the question is, are you willing to do the hard work of saying, God, make me this, or are you going to try to get around it some other way? Domination, deception, denunciation. Look what it says here back in verse 12 of 1 Timothy chapter 4. Let no man despise thy youth, but... Be thou an example of the believers. Be thou an example of the believers. What does that mean? It literally means become a pattern. Become a pattern of the believers. God said, Timothy, if you want people to respect you, you figure out what every believer is supposed to say, and you say that. You figure out what every believer's attitude is supposed to be like, and that should be your attitude. You figure out what every believer's motivation should be, and you make that your motivation. You find out the pattern, and then you become the pattern by God's grace, not perfectly, because none of us are perfect, but in all sincerity, seeking to be the things that God wants believers to be. How would a mature, respectable, honorable person who loves God behave? How would that person behave and do that while seeking God's help and empowerment? Colossians 3.10 says, And have put on the new man which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. How do we put on the new man? We put on the new man by deciding to do what we know Jesus would do 
if he were in our shoes. So every day we're supposed to put off the old man. I'm not going to do what sinners do. I'm not going to do what the sinful me wants to do. But every day I decide, Jesus, what would you do if you were in my shoes? If I were a mature, respectable, honorable Christian of integrity, how would I act? And then that's what I'm going to do. See, you become the person you're supposed to be by trying to become the person you're supposed to be. You'll never get, you'll never get to be that person without any effort without any intention, without any study, and then begging and pleading God to do the work in you. Proper behavior generates respect regardless of age or experience. But let me warn you, the opposite is also true. You can behave in a, such a way that people don't respect you no matter your age and no matter your experience a single fly in the ointment ruins the whole thing how many of you have ever been out to eat and found a fly in your food a dead fly in your food I have you say what would you do I ate around it and then ask for a new plate. No, I did not do that. How many of you have ever found a big hair in your food? You're out to eat, you find a big hair in your food. What's worse is you find it in your mouth. You're like, <laughs> You lose all respect for that establishment, don't you? It doesn't take much to ruin a good reputation, does it? And we can behave in such a way that we earn respect regardless of our age and experience. And we can behave in such a way where we lose respect regardless of our age and experience. You notice that the, the emphasis is on behavior. Behavior matters. Today people are taught the most important thing about you is the color of your skin. That's baloney. Don't you fall for that stuff. God loves everybody. You cut us all open, we all bleed red. Souls don't have any color at all. Don't you believe that? They'll tell you today that the most important thing about you is your sexuality. Baloney. Foolishness. Kids not even ought to be thinking about that stuff until they get much older. That's not the thing that defines you. Oh, the thing that defines you is how much money you have in the bank, what side of the tracks you grew up on, what kind of clothes you wear, what kind of house you live in. Don't let anybody place those false identities upon you. Those are not who you are. But let me tell you who you are. The book of Proverbs says, even a child is known by his doings. You are what you do and what you do consistently now good people can have a bad moment can they not and bad people can have a good moment but what do you do consistently what is your behavior 
And God said it's your behavior that's going to bring you respect or lose you respect. In the last minutes I have, the Bible gives six areas of behavior where you can earn respect. Now each one of these I have subpoints and multiple verses and all of that. I don't have time to give that to you today unless we all agree to stay here for an extra hour. Anybody want to? Swan? Oh, Eric. Yeah, not Swan. Swan's like, no, not me. Not me. And uh, Eric's willing. And so I'm going to give you the highlights tonight. We'll see if we can put this in print. I've got almost 4,000 words worth of notes here that um, I don't think you want me to give it all to you tonight. And so uh, let me give you these six areas Number one, in word. Look what the Bible says. Let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example of the believers in word. Did you know that words are powerful? Jesus said, A good man out of the good treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is good, and an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is evil, for out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaketh. Your words simply show what's in your heart. People say, eyes are a window to the soul. Your words are a window to your heart. I can't look into your heart, but I can hear your heart. And so we should take great care in how we speak. The Bible says our words should be seasoned with grace. Proverbs 18.21, death and life are in the power of the tongue. Do your words lift people up? Do they tear people down? One of the quickest ways for you to start earning respect or lose respect is with what you say. Here's a few thoughts. Use kind words and graceful speech. Anybody can be mean. Anybody can be unkind. But the Bible has an awful lot to say about graceful lips. Lips full of grace, lips full of mercy, lips full of kindness. Number two, be aware of your tone. You like that? It could have been, be aware of your tone. Or it could be, be aware of your tone. I love you. Do you feel loved when I say that? Oh, pastor's so loving. I love you. You know, that's not the kind of love we're looking for. Be aware of your tone. I often tell people, you can say the right words but have the wrong tone and people aren't getting what you're hearing what you're saying because tone communicates number three never use curse words curse words are for lazy people it's so it's so lazy ah the blankety blank car well is the car red is it a four-wheel drive is this a sedan no you just use a curse word ah this blank this blank that blank this blank that it's like do you not have any vocabulary do you know like 13 words Cursing's for lazy people. Well, I'm mad. So you're not, you're not committed enough to what you're trying to say to figure out words you can use? You just automatically go to all these terrible words? Curse words are for lazy people. They're for, they're for the lazy. They are for the wicked, the Bible says. That's not you. When people get saved today, they have to clean up their vocabulary, just like I did when I was 16. You've got to clean that up. Don't use questionable language. The double entendres, the bathroom talk, the bedroom talk. That, that should not be part of your... That, 
Is that what Jesus would do? You think if Jesus was walked into a small group of people or it was just you and him, he'd say, hey, I got this joke to tell you. And uh, it's not. It makes you feel dirty. It makes the other people feel dirty. You're better than that. Our words are powerful. Don't use questionable language. Don't use too much slang. Listen more than you talk. God gave you one mouth and two ears, right? So listen more than you talk. Ask questions. Give your opinion sparingly. Unheeded un advice is seldom heeded and often resented. Unwanted advice is seldom heeded and often resented. How about we talk about the Bible? How about we talk about our day? How about we try to lift people up? How about we use our words to say positive things? Be careful with how you talk to yourself in your own mind. Oh, you're so stupid. You're so dumb. You never do anything right. Those are powerful things to say to yourself. How would a believer talk and talk like that? Number two, the Bible says in word, and then it says in conversation. Conversation is an old English word that means behavior. God doesn't expect us to live a perfect life, but he does expect us to be sincere in our effort to do so. I often told my kids, because they, they wanted to do right, they felt a lot of pressure to, to try to do the right thing, and I used to tell them, look, God doesn't expect you to be perfect, but he does expect you to be sincere. Right? Sometimes I tell adults that. God doesn't expect you to be perfect, but you better be sincere. And so we get our expectations right in, in conversation. How's, how's my behavior? Uh, here's some practical tips to earn respect through your actions. Work harder than you're expected to. Work harder than you're expected to. I think the Christian should be the best worker on the job. Be on time and ready to go for whatever task is at hand. You earn respect. How about do the right thing? Just don't do the wrong thing. And people will mock you at first, but they will respect you later. You've heard the story many times about how the, the guys at the job I was working, uh, the boss wanted to have a, a company meeting at Hooters for lunch. And they're like, oh, Paul. They knew I was a Christian. They said, ah, I guess where we're going to lunch. I said, I'm not going. Ah, you're going to go. I'm not going. You have to go. The boss said everybody has to go. Said, I'm not going. And you know the story, I won't belabor the point. The boss shows up, I'm down on my knees, it's lunchtime. They're all waiting around for the boss. I'm still, on my, I'm still on my knees. We're actually putting flooring in a hospital. And I'm still on my knees putting in tile. And the boss comes in, all right, let's go. Paul, let's go, we got a meeting. I said, no, sir, I'm going to work through lunch today. He said, Paul, no, we got to have a meeting. We got to talk about it. I said, yes, sir. Yes, sir, I'm just going to work through lunch today. Paul, you know I can fire you? Yes, sir. Yes, sir, I'm, I'm just going to work through lunch today. And in front of everybody, he stopped and he pointed at me. He said, he said, see that, boys? He said, I don't agree with him, but I respect him. And I didn't get to eat lunch that day. <laughs> so, <laughs> I didn't get to eat lunch. But what happened is, I just did the right thing. It's easy to go along with the crowd. It's easy to do what everybody else is doing. They will do everything, wicked people will do everything they can to get you to sin, and then they will mock you for it for the rest of your life. But they will respect you if you stay strong. 
How about beware of your body language? Know what your posture and what your countenance are saying. This is your behavior. Uh, be a willing servant. Be willing to help. If you see people working, don't just stand around and talk or sit down. If you're able, get up and, and do something to help. People will respect that. Uh, these are so simple. I almost feel bad saying it, but in today's day and age, dress appropriately. Dress appropriately. Uh, wear, wear your best to church. If you're going to go play basketball, don't wear a suit. That'd be weird, right? If you dress appropriately. Uh, I think it's one habit that I learned many years ago is I always try to find out what the appropriate dress is for a situation and dress just a little bit nicer. And it's amazing how people will respect you for that. You say, oh, it doesn't matter. It matters. Comb your hair. Brush your teeth. Use cologne after you take a shower. Cologne and BO mixed are terrible, right? I'm not, I'm not for that. Some people are just like, <sighs> and now they've created this mutant smell that, that kind of walks before them everywhere they go. Oh, just take a shower. They make these little bars called soap, you know, use a little soap. Get cleaned up, and then some deodorant, some, some, uh, uh, you know, comb your hair, brush your teeth, wash your face, all that kind of stuff. People will respect you. Here's a, it sounds so foolish, but I'm telling you, don't bite your fingernails. Pastor, yeah, just a second. I almost got it. <clears throat> okay, yeah. You go to shake my hand, it looks like my fingers have been gnawed off by wild animals. It's like, yeah. It seems like such a small thing, but it matters. Practice good posture. Ask yourself, what would Jesus do? These are all good things. The Bible says next in charity. Charity speaks of God's love. How, can we, how are some practical tips we can earn respect through offering people love? We accept people where they are. We encourage them to be more than what they think they can be. We spread the message of God's love. Be free with your appreciation. Be free with pleases. Be generous with pleases and thank yous. If somebody does something for you, say thank you. I mean, just get in the habit. Say, say thank you. If somebody puts a plate of food in you, thank you so much. If somebody hands you a tissue say thank you somebody you sneeze somebody says god bless you say just get in the habit of saying thank you be generous with thank yous be generous with pleases people will respect you and you will show your respect for others be quick to forgive don't hold a grudge see the good in people write notes of love and appreciation encourage people when they're down believe in people they will love you for it be generous with love and praise. Here's a big one. Give the credit when things go well and take the blame when they don't. That's a big one. Insecure leaders are very quick to say, oh, it's so-and-so's fault. Secure leaders are willing to say, yeah, I'm sorry about that. It's my fault. I'll make sure it doesn't happen again. And somebody out, out in the crowd or in the office is going, oh, man, that was my fault. And they appreciate you not throwing them under the bus for that. The leader is ultimately the one in charge anyway. Seek to understand the points of view of people with whom you don't agree. You know, someone can be wrong, 
But if you want to have any hope of changing their mind, you need to find out why they're wrong. One way we practice godly love is, why explain to me that. Explain to me how you feel. Explain to me why you think that. How'd you come to that conclusion? And then once you understand why they're thinking that way, you can come back with a response to teach them God's truth. Can I challenge you on that? Here's what the Bible says. And we're practicing God's love. The Bible says next in spirit, this means in attitude. In the Bible, when you see a little s on the word spirit, it usually speaks of man's spirit, often talking of, of the attitude. Your attitude speaks volumes to those around you. Attitude is the nonverbal speech of the soul. I often tell people, you're talking when you're not talking. Experts tell us that only about 7% of communication comes through the words we say. Most of it is through body language, and the rest of it is through the tone. I don't mean to embarrass you, but I look around the room, I know exactly who's engaged and who's not. I know exactly who's ready to leave and who's not. I know exactly who desperately needs to go home and put your head on a pillow. I know who's bored. I know who's thrilled. I know who's interested. And you're not saying a word. I'm the one doing the talking. Right? Our spirit and the Bible has an interesting thing that we won't take time to get into, but spirits communicate with each other. My spirit communicates with your spirit on a level that we often don't rec even recognize. The Holy Spirit communicates with our spirit. We are spiritual beings. So much to delve into there we don't have time for. But your spirit, how can you earn respect through spirit? Just refuse to have a bad attitude. Never have a bad day. You can have a bad moment, but never have a bad day. If you have, if you have five minutes that went wrong in the morning, don't throw away a whole day. Oh, we had a bad minute. We had a bad conversation. We had a, a difficult moment. But we're okay now, right? You don't, don't throw away days. You only got so many of them. Use your words. Don't pout or withdraw. Don't lose your temper. Anger's ugly. Learn to put on a smile. Greet one another warmly. Look people in the eye when you're talking to them. Don't be shifty. Don't act like you just stole something. You're afraid you're going to get caught. Make someone's day brighter. Embody humble confidence. People are drawn to it. Treat people with respect. Don't make excuses. Say, I'm sorry when you're wrong. Why, well, it's such a simple thing, isn't it? Just say I'm sorry. There's almost always something you can apologize for. You may have been right in what you said, but you were wrong in how you said it. There's always something you can apologize for. Be secure enough in your own heart to be very free with, I'm so sorry, I, would not, I did not mean to hurt you. I would never want to make you feel that way. There's always something to apologize for. Express gratitude. This is a big one. Be willing to receive instruction and rebuke. How do you handle it when people point out that you did something wrong? 
or that you need to grow. Insecure people respond very poorly. Well, well, you did such and such. That's real mature. Well, you're not perfect either. How you respond? Oh, be the become the pattern of the believer. Next, the Bible says faith. I'll just give you some thoughts. Witness and seek souls. Tell others of your confidence in God. Don't be negative or cynical. Speak about your faith. Keep your commitments to God and man. Never quit. You can punt. You can reset. You can reorganize, but never give up. If you're going down the wrong way, make a U-turn and go the right way, but that's not quitting. That's being wise. But never quit. Never surrender to peer pressure. Encourage other Christians to believe in God. Confess your faith publicly. Hold to your convictions when it's difficult. Let's look at the verse one more time. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 12, as we finish. Let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example of the believers. Say these with me, ready? In word, in conversation, in charity, in spirit, in faith, in purity. Boy, this last one, purity. Our world has gotten so wicked. Immorality. The songs that are sung today. Boy, I hope you're not letting your kids listen to that, that junk. The song's openly about just all kinds of filth and immorality. Let that run through your head on repeat for a while. See what kind of behavior you have. That doesn't make any sense. All these things are the, the most interestingly written shows now. They throw all kinds of curse words and all kinds of nudity in them. They know what they're doing. They know if they can get someone hooked in the plot that they'll sit through so much bad. Well, it's only, it's only three F-words. Well, it's only five F-words. Well, it's only 15. Are you kidding? Well, you know, there's only three people that didn't have their clothes on. It's like, where's, where's the standard? Where's the purity? Where's the person that says, I'm not going to look at every modest woman that walks by. I'm not going to look at that junk online. I'm not going to succumb to those things. I want to be pure in my mind. I want to be pure in my heart. And when you see it, it's almost impossible today to, to not see things you're not supposed to see. You're probably going to see some things you're not supposed to see. But as soon as you do, you rein that thing in and you ask God for health and strength and you move forward in purity. It's for married couples too. God expects married people to be pure. And without being too crude, all of your needs should be satisfied in the marriage bed, nowhere else. Here are some practical ways to earn respect through purity. Seek and destroy every instance of purity in your heart and mind. Don't get comfortable with it. Don't fantasize. Destroy it. Ask God to help you with it. Number two, look at a woman's face and not her body. Look at a woman's face. And ladies, let me, let me encourage you. God gave ladies a beautiful form, and it's supposed to be saved for your husband. That's God's plan. And women today, they show off every curve trying to get attention. Let me please encourage you, dear lady, that's not attention you want. God made clothes to cover your body 
and to cover your curves. If I could tell how much change you've got in your pocket, it's too tight. If I can see whether the quarter's heads or tails, it's too tight. Right? We got, we got to use some common sense here. And parents, use some common sense. Sometimes a dad will say, oh, oh, a teenage girl will come downstairs and a dad will say, well, you're not wearing that to church. And the mom will say, she can wear that to church. What? You ought to know better than anybody. And listen, kids, if your mom and dad says, hey, you're not wearing that, you have respect and listen to them. They love you. They don't expect you to go around wearing burlap sacks. But they do love you and want you to be treated with respect. Watch. The quickest way to get attention is to show off your body. But it's also the fastest way to lose respect. Wicked men want to play around with loose women, but they don't intend on marrying them. Am I telling you the truth tonight? We, we got to get back to some common sense. Look at a woman's face, not her body. Keep your hands to yourself. Don't stir up the flesh by watching or listening to impure entertainment. Reject so-called friends who are encouraging immorality. Don't entertain sinful fantasies. Treat every girl as a sister or a mother unless you are walking the romantic road of godly dating or courtship. Save yourself for your spouse. The adults may not know what this means, but the young kids today, all kinds of videos on, hey, what's your body count? Whatever it is, it's wicked. Your body count should be zero until you get married. Am I telling you the truth? You're going to save yourself a lot of heartache if you would just walk the pure path. You'll be lonely for a while. You'll have to feel like you're missing out while everybody else is having all the fun. But let me tell you, dear friend, once you walk through that fog and you get a little bit down the road, for the rest of your life, you will enjoy the benefits of purity and you'll watch the carnage of all of that behavior behind you. Your pastor is trying to help you tonight. Set up protections in your life. Have people you listen to. Live by biblical standards to protect you on your worst days. You say, I'd never do that. Under the right circumstances, you would. And if you don't think you would, you're in danger. I can't tell you how many times people have been weeping, crying uncontrollably in my office. I, I, I never... I never thought I would do this. I, I never thought it would go this far. Standards aren't for your good days. They protect you on your worst days. So if on your good days you say, I don't need these things, and you get rid of them, now you're in trouble when you have a bad day. That make sense to you? Have an accountability partner. Remove from your life the people, places, and things that tempt you or give you opportunity to sin. The Bible says, make not provision for the flesh. If you can't control your TV, get rid of it. If you can't control your phone, get rid of it. If you can't control your car radio, rip it out of the car. I mean, if it's hurting you, Jesus said it's better to walk into life maimed 
than having both hands to go to hell. It's better to walk through life missing an eyeball than have both eyes go into hell. What's he saying? Stop doing the things that are killing you. Sometimes you got to make tough decisions, don't we? If there's someone in your life that's a friend and they keep hurting you, you got to distance yourself. Now this is, I'm telling you, if you want to earn respect, if you want to steward your testimony, you look at the Bible in these six areas and say, what would a mature Christian do in these areas? What would, what would Jesus do? What would Jesus say? How would Jesus behave? And sometimes we say, well, I'm not Jesus, and that kind of gives, doesn't give you a pass to not try to be like him, amen? So you think about, okay, think of a good Christian who you respect. What, what, what would Brother Dennis do? Uh, he would sin. That's just no doubt about it. That's just what would happen. No, he's, he's a good guy. Uh, what, what, would, what would Brother so-and-so do? What would, what would Miss so-and-so do? How do they speak in word? How do they behave in conversation? How do they love in charity? What, what's their attitude like? What's their faith look like? How do they, how do they live out their faith? What's, what's the purity like? So the Bible says the way you steward your testimony and by a byproduct you earn respect is let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example of the believers. Amen? Amen. I gave you a lot of things to do tonight, and I took a few extra minutes to do it. This is probably one of the most powerful things you could do over the next month, if someone were to take this list and say, I'm going to start working on that list. I'm going to start knocking things out. I'm talking about men. If a man would take some things on this list and say, that's who I'm going to be, you would find a marked difference in the way people treat you, even if that's not your motivation, simply because of who you're becoming. Men, women, teenagers, children, Respect isn't given, it's earned. And God tells us how to earn it. Amen? Father, thank you for the truth that we've heard this evening and the application of it. I pray that we would learn to recognize the truth, to put it in practice. And sometimes the truth just seems odd in this day and age where a common culture, popular culture, is so far removed from the truth. But Lord, help us to be respectable. Help us to have a testimony that people can honor and that people can recognize and that would bring you glory. And as a byproduct, we get more respect, which we so desperately crave. Help it to be true. Heads are about eyes are closed. Of course, at the end of each message, we take a time of 